Well, good evening, or afternoon, as the case may be. It's sort of in the borderline there, aren't we? So, uh, one of these microphones is so you can hear me better, and the other is because we are experimenting with videotaping Montauk's. So, yes, good evening. Nice to have such a such a good group here. So, and uh, it's some old friends that I haven't seen in a long time. Very good, very good, wonderful. So uh, yes, for those of you, uh, there's a few of you that I, I think haven't been here before. Uh, what we do in this period until about 6.30, first half hour, is just talk about meditation a little bit and some question, answer some questions. Then we'll do a 45-minute sit, we'll have a break, and then we have a diamond talk after that. But I hope you're able to stay for it. So, uh, yeah, the, the meditation questions and meditation issues. And... Uh, Especially, you know, uh, it's, it's so important in the development of skill in meditation to get to that place where you're not constantly forgetting your meditation object and having mind-wandering take place. So, uh, and, and that, uh, it's, it's very it's very important to reach that stage because that's actually where all of the good stuff in meditation begins. And uh, it, uh, and for some people, it can be a challenge. It takes some time. So, first of all, does anybody have any questions or, or would like a little assistance and guidance in, in, uh, to do with getting to that place of uninterrupted continuity of attention? Yeah. <laughs> You'd like to? Okay. So, well, there's really kind of two stages we go through before we have uninterrupted uh, continuity of attention. And the first of those is where we become distracted and forget the meditation object. And that leads to thinking about one thing and then another and another, what we call mind-wandering. And a long period of mind-wandering will occur before you recognize what's happening. And so there's a stage that is characterized predominantly by a lot of mind-wandering. So during a period of sitting, uh, you may have spent as much time in mind-wandering as you did actually attending the meditation object. And then the next stage that we get to is where we still are distracted and may forget the meditation object, but it's only very briefly, and then we become aware of it. So uh, what would be most helpful to discuss in terms of what helpful to you? Dealing with the mind wandering aspect or with the brief period of forgetting? Mm. 
Yes, and that and that is uh, that's completely typical. That's the way it happens. And usually, when somebody starts meditating, maybe the first couple of times they sit, they don't have too much trouble with mind wandering because it's all brand new and exciting. But then they get into the forgetting of mind wandering. And then, as as they begin to succeed in training their mind, and they have more and more of the experience of. Uh, short periods of forgetting without so much mind wandering and longer periods that they can stay with the meditation object. Um, so yeah, I can speak a little bit about both of those. One thing that's very important to keep in mind is that the worst thing that you can do for yourself is to judge the quality of your meditation based on the fact that you uh, are able to become distracted uh, or that you forget the meditation object or that you have mind wandering. These are completely normal. And, you know, it, meditation is called mind training. That's what, that's what the words actually mean if we go to the Pali uh, or the Sanskrit. And the significance of that is meditation is not something that you do because you don't have the power to do it. It's something your mind does, and it will only do it if you skillfully train it. You know, and it's like if you're training a, a, a horse or a dog or an elephant, uh, you don't make them do anything. Instead, you train them, and then the end result is they do what you want. It's the same kind of thing with meditation. Is that you're training your mind, and it's the skill in training that produces the result. You're not forcing it, and of course, you know, if you were trying to train an elephant, you wouldn't get very far by getting angry and being judgmental and everything else. And 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 the idea that you would do that is absolutely absurd. But when we go to meditate, it's exactly what we do. You know, we uh, we start off. I, I I'm going to make my mind stay on this meditation object. And then when it doesn't, uh, we either blame the self that we think we are, or else we blame the mind that went and didn't do what the self told it to. <laughs> and none of that's very helpful. So avoid any sort of negative state of mind. You want to be in a completely relaxed, peaceful, comfortable mood and cultivate the idea always that your meditation time, that's, that's your time, that's special time. This time to relax, just time to do what's good for you, not time that belongs to the rest of the world. So, so that there's already a sense of, uh, of relaxed happiness. That you, that you bring to it but when you sit down. Aha, great, this is, this is my time. Now you're going to train your mind. And your mind's going to do what it has done all your life. So all your life your mind has, uh, it dwells on one thing. Because that thing is interesting and important, and then it tends to jump around to other things, always looking to see if there's something more interesting and important. 
this is what happens all day long. It's very important. If it didn't happen, then we wouldn't function very well because we wouldn't put our limited capacity for conscious awareness on the things that were most valuable and important. So it's completely normal that your mind is always looking around to see if there's something more useful to do than what it's doing, and more important, and more satisfying, more rewarding, uh, or more dangerous, or, or more worthy of worrying. You know, you know the kinds of things. I mean, it's, that's that's the nature of the distractions that capture our attention and cause us to forget the meditation object. Is that they they appear as more important. And two things happen. Uh, sometimes your attention when what you're attending to doesn't seem particularly important at all, and it's, it's, it's lost whatever importance it had, your mind actively your, uh, searches for something else. But the other thing is you're focused on your meditation object or in your daily life something else, and something else suddenly comes into your awareness, either externally because it's uh, you know, some sensation that uh, captures your attention or some thought. You suddenly remember something you were supposed to do or that sort of thing. So this is the normal state of affairs. And when you sit down and meditate, you'll experience both of those. As soon as some sense of uh, uh, you know, well, this breath is the same as the last one, the one before and the one before that, therefore time to look for something more interesting. And this is not that you consciously decide that, you don't. It's an unconscious mental process that does this all the time. It does its job. It starts looking for something more interesting. Or likewise, you're sitting here and you're meditating and all of a sudden you remember something or think of something that's important comes into your mind. So that's completely normal. So you don't blame yourself for it. But it is also... uh, Well, let's, let's look at this a little closer. What happens? So you're paying attention to the meditation object and you're, you're following your breath and you're with it. And then suddenly you find you're somewhere else and you've been there for quite a while. That's, that's the mind-wandering experience. Now what is really important about this is something happened that you remember that this isn't what you meant to be doing. You meant to be meditating. You meant to be keeping your attention on the meditation object. And that is what's important. So you don't want to negatively... You can't quash the mind's natural tendency to search for interesting objects. It just won't work through through negative reinforcement. You can't quash that. What you can do, though, is positively reinforce your mind doing something else, which is completely natural, which you have set an intention to observe the sensations of your breath. And there is some other unconscious process in your mind that notices that, hey, this is the intention, you know, like as if it was a sign, this is what we're doing this evening from 7.38, and it notices that, hey, that's not what we're doing. Science says we're supposed to be doing this. That's that intention. So what it does is that comes into your conscious awareness and you wake up to the fact that, oh, my mind's been wandering. So what you want to do is positively reinforce that. If you're training your mind, you want to 
and, and the mind does something right that it can do a lot more of and do it better, you want to positively reinforce it. If your mind does something right, namely recognizing that mind wandering has occurred, and you get angry with yourself, well, all these different mental processes, they don't know what they did wrong, but they're going to try not to do it again. So you're not, you're not really going to help yourself by generating negative feelings when you realize that your mind is wandering. Instead, positive feeling. And not only that, another aspect of this. If you notice, and I want you to notice when we meditate later this evening, uh, if you try to to stay on top of what's actually happening in your mind, that when you tend to lose focus is when a higher level of consciousness is not there. When you're totally just observing the sensations of the breath, but you're not in that state of knowing that you're observing the sensations of the breath, you're very vulnerable to another thought comes along, and the mind just automatically goes from the sensations of the breath to the thought. But when there is that higher order of consciousness so that you see what what you know that you are observing the sensations of the breath, you're much less vulnerable to them. And the other thing happens too, when your mind is wandered and you come into that state of awareness, that is that higher state of consciousness. It's not before, in the moment before you were, your consciousness was purely consciousness of the thought you were thinking or purely consciousness of the sound you were hearing and the thoughts that it generated and so forth. Right? So you were, in a sense, you were conscious, but you were lost at the same time. You were conscious of the thought, but you were lost. And what happened is you moved to this higher level of consciousness where you know what you're doing. Oh, I'm thinking about blah, blah, blah. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, the intention was to be meditating and and you know that they don't go together. So try to hold on to that and recognize what it is. It is, for a moment there, you pop into a higher state of consciousness. Try to hold on to that. Uh, well, first of all, appreciate that. Say, oh, wow, I'm more awake. I'm more aware. I'm more conscious. I, my mind is actually at a higher level of consciousness. Isn't this delightful? Uh, see, that's the positive reinforcement. That makes it happen more often and more easily. And then you go back to observing the sensations of the breath, but you, you try every now and then to uh, invoke that kind of awareness that, well, yeah, I'm still, I'm still with it. Or, yeah, I feel that something's trying to tug me away from it. The, in terms of that first stage where there's a lot of mind wandering going on, you can, there's a number of things you can do to help you stay with the meditation object longer. But the real main problem that you have is that when your mind side starts wandering, the wandering will take a long time before you realize that that's happening. So when that's the case, when you have long periods of mind wandering, then, then the most important problem to solve is the fact that you are not discovering 
that that's happening quickly enough, and we want to discover it more quickly. And so that's what's important. And it doesn't matter how often that it happens. You know, I suppose, uh, you know, just assume that there's some unknown number of times that you have to realize your mind has been wandering and recognize it and bring it back before you're going to have uninterrupted continuity of attention. And, and just think of it that way. Okay, well, let's check one more off. So that's one, <laughs> one last time you have to do it. You know, not, not resenting and not feeling bad, not judging, not saying, oh, no, this is, and why is my mind doing this? It, 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 you, you have to positively reinforce that higher level of awareness that brings you back into the present, and that's where it's bringing you back to, right? Your thoughts, I guarantee you, your thought was not in the present, it was not here and now. But that recognition, that's the here and now, that's the present, that's what you want. So, just, you, that's what you want to work on, is that coming back into the present so that it happens more quickly. And, of course, staying in the present, because, of course, when you're following the sensations of the breath, that also is the present. And as long as you are aware of what's actually happening as it unfolds, you're in the present, you're in here so that's the kinds of practice that you need to do when you're dealing with forgetting your mind water. Reinforcing that natural, positive, awakening to the present moment, matching the action and intention. Uh, and the other part is trying to bring as much of that as you can into the awareness of your meditation object uh, because that will keep you with it and, and keep you from being carried away. You see what happens when when this is taking place, there's a lot of things going on in your mind. And by the way, I didn't mention it, but I'll mention it. Until you get to a much more advanced stage of the practice, you are not interested in stopping thoughts. You're not interested in trying to stop the distraction. All you're interested in doing is directing your attention to the meditation object whenever it moves away from it and trying to keep it there as long as you can. Let everything else that goes on go on. Don't try to stop it. That's a big mistake. Try to stop the other stuff. Same thing. You're going to slow yourself down and take a long time before you get past this stage. So let the other stuff be. The only thing you need to be concerned with is going back to the meditation object. Okay. Now... What you will have noticed, or what you can notice, because I pointed out to you, is that the reason that you forget is when you're following a meditation object, and we'll pretend that my fingers, the tips of my fingers represent the sensations of my breath. My breath in, breath out, breath in, breath out. So here I am, I'm, I'm observing that, but there's all of this other stuff around here. So just as, you know, while I'm looking at that, my peripheral vision, I'm also aware of uh, and the other thing that's happening is I can stay pretty much focused on, on this sensation of the breath, even though my eyes dart away to this and then come back again. But what causes you to forget is something comes along that holds your attention long enough to forget this. If your eyes go away, but not so long you forget, then they come back. 
you have this sense that yes, there's other things that are competing for your awareness, but they're not making you lose it. So the problem of forgetting is the result of being uh, of, of your attention being captured by something else long enough for the forgetting to occur beyond the, the reach of the short-term memory that knows what you're doing and why you're doing it. So, when you start to get to where this forgetting, but it doesn't last for a long time, if you have, if your mind's been wandering for several minutes, there's no, absolutely no point in trying to remember what caused the forgetting. And there's definitely no point in tracing back through all the different paths that your mind might have gone on, on through while that was happening. But when the forgetting becomes short, when there's not a lot of mind wandering, when often what the thought that was in your mind when the remembering occurs is the same thought that took your attention away long enough for the forgetting to happen, now it begins to be valuable to notice the thought, that thought itself. Up to that point, whatever took you away doesn't matter. But when, when it might be the same one, it's like, uh, if, uh, as I, I like to use the analogy that if you had been abducted, you would remember the face of your abductor, and if you saw them coming again, you would be on guard, and it's the same thing. You start to notice the uh, not not getting into the content of the thoughts, but noticing them to the extent that you recognize. And of course, what you're going to find is uh, they're familiar thoughts. They're they're the kinds of things that occupy your mind all the time, anyway, every day. All these things that you somehow imagine are really important. <laughs> the things that you worry about, the things that you hope for things that you're planning, so on and so forth. So this gives you the opportunity when you're following your meditation object and you are aware that that thought's coming up again, you can keep it from capturing your attention and, and taking you away. What you'll find, though, is you'll find one of the reasons it can take you away is they're attractive. Some of the thoughts are attractive, not all of them. Uh, some of them are attractive, and there's this temptation. And, you know, yeah, I want to think about that. But this is one of my favorite thoughts. Uh, or sometimes it may not be attractive in that sense. It may be, oh, this is important. This is serious stuff. This is how how can I ignore that? This is a serious thought. So you have to develop that skill of recognizing your mind's reaction, and that's there. Just gently bringing your focus back. So, you are training yourself in introspective awareness that allows you to know what you're actually doing in the present, what your mind is doing in the present moment. It's introspective awareness that lets you know that your mind has wandered. But it's also introspective awareness that lets you know that your focus is becoming diffuse, that that you're attracted to some other thought or sensation. It's introspective awareness that 
lets you know that uh, you are at risk of losing your meditation object. You're training yourself in introspective awareness. Actually, you know, this is this is really what so much of all of meditation is about, is developing introspective awareness. Meditation is an introspective activity. And our awareness is either awareness of an object or it's awareness, introspective awareness of the mind itself. So we actually are using awareness of an object to bring ourselves, to, to train ourselves to have introspective awareness. So you're training yourself in introspective awareness, yeah. also training yourself in the ability to direct and sustain attention, which are skills that we already have, but they're hugely under-exercised, and they can become so much stronger. So, uh, directing the attention. Anytime that you, whether you have uh, temporarily lost the meditation object entirely, or whether it's just kind of slipped into the background while you're paying more attention to something else, you're exercising the directed awareness muscle every time you bring it back. And, and bring it back gently. You know, if you're trying to make your biceps strong, you know, you, it's, it's the repetition. It's the consistency, right? And as a matter of fact, I don't know if any of you are, probably a lot of you are familiar somewhat with weight training. But if you were doing this with a dumbbell, you'll actually get much better results if you do it slowly, and what well, you might say gently rather than kind of thing. So don't jerk your mind around. Just gently and firmly direct your attention where you want it to be. Whenever it goes off, bring it back. Whenever it goes off, bring it back. And that's the training. And you can't you can't force your mind to do anything. But you can train your mind through repetition to do what you want. So if you keep directing your attention back, what happens is the response of your mind to intention becomes very, very well developed. Your mind becomes pliable. It does what you want it to do. It follows your intention. And as I said, like, like a muscle, it becomes strong. It becomes firm. It becomes effective. The same thing with sustaining your attention. You know, it's following the sensations of the breath. It's not that there's some magic to be discovered in those sensations. Actually, there is magic to be discovered in those sensations because absolutely every experience you have is ultimate reality seen through a, a veil of delusion. So even the sensations of the breath, if you can really see what's there, you know, you, 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 you're approaching the, the final goal of the practice. But anyway, uh, at least in these early stages of the practice, it's not that you're going to necessarily discover anything wonderful observing the sensations of your breath. It's that you're exercising your ability to sustain your attention. And that is actually an active process because when the out-breath has ended, then you need to sustain your attention on the process. You're actually directing and sustaining your attention 
while you're waiting for the in-breath to begin. And then the beginning of the in-breath, it comes and it passes away very quickly. So, you know, there's this active process, that's what we call it following the breath. You're following the sensations of the breath. You're not letting them get away from you. So, uh, in terms of helping to be fully engaged with the breath, if you find yourself sort of slipping back and you're, you're, you're watching the breath from a distance, that will be easy and that will be comfortable, but you will also become very vulnerable to losing it. So, so without excessively agitating the mind by trying too hard, try to stay with the process at, at some level of awareness that works for you where you are yeah. And a little bit of anticipation of what's coming next helps to sustain your attention. So if you, if you, if you already have the intention not to miss the beginning of the out-breath, even as the in-breath is, is uh, coming to an end, then you're more likely to stay with it. Okay, well, it's about time for us to, to sit. I hope this is helpful to you because <clears throat> and the reason that I invited, and you know, it's wonderful that you were here to say, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to talk about this because until you can get to the place of uninterrupted continuity of attention, the meditation object, uh, you, you, so much of your meditation time is going to be lost in mind wandering. And you're not going to have the opportunity to explore that wonderful inner space, which is your own mind. So.